Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We are back. And we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 269. We got two title fights. Amanda the Goat Nunez taking on the delusional Juliana Pena. That's her new nickname, not the Vixen. I'm going to go with delusional. That's the co-main event. Main event. Charles Oliveira. He's the A-side. Don't forget it. Talk about that later. Dubronx is the champion. Taking on Dustin the Diamond Poirier, who is the favorite. I'm your host of Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, well, as always, is one person. I'll get to the special, our special guest in a second. But Joe, I like your shirt. Yeah, this was. This says I lost a bet, and this the was, pretty little uh, unicorn on it. With the unicorn, this was paid for by Sean. I lost a bet in two sixty eight. I forgot. I actually forgot the bet I lost. Sean was kind enough to remind me. Um, <laughs> it was uh, what? It was Janarova. I had um, yeah, and I had Amanda Hibas. Yeah, I did not think that uh, he that Jenarova would would fold under uh, the pressure of Amanda Hibas, who by the way just posted up a pretty hot pick on on Twitter. I might have to actually reevaluate my 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 thoughts on her in the top five to ten female MMA hotties uh, based on that pick I just saw. She's good until she starts talking. She's too happy for me. Okay, I need yeah, a little bit of an edge. Happy girl. I need an edge. Anyway, yes. but that is Joe, also known as Sun Tzu, you guys all know. As you've noticed, uh, Chris is not with us, so stepping into his shoes graciously, longtime listener follower, but plenty of MMA DFS credentials himself. He is a DraftKings knockout, knockout king, I believe that the tournament is called, the knockout king champion, Tajik Bay Tajik. I mean, I've talked to you online enough. It's nice to finally talk to you in person. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for introductions. And hello to everybody in the chat as well. So, I mean, all, all that heat you bring in chat, you got to bring here now. You got you to gotta, all, all these hot takes. I can't wait for them. Yeah, let's set this floor on fire. So, uh, we have a lot of fights to get to, guys. We have 14 fights, so we might speed by in some places. Uh, it is my fault we're starting late this week, but some people... Other people have commenced we had to be done by 10. So about an hour, 15-minute show. That should should be enough. But if we speed by, um, that is why. And apologies. usually I can blame Joe. It's totally – it's on me this week. <laughs> that being said, let's start off with Jillian Robertson, 9,300, taking on Priscilla Ketchabit Cachoeira at 6,900. Uh, Jillian is minus 410. Priscilla is plus 310. Priscilla missed weight by four pounds. I know Joe's going to talk about the narrative, though, but I'm going to make him wait because our guest should go first. Tajik, who you got? 
Yeah, it, it's tough here. You know, if we're talking from the DraftKings perspective, I think you should play both sides. Uh, it's not the fight that y'all would be like 100% vested in, just in general, uh, but I will have some share of both of the fighters, especially considering now that uh, Priscilla actually has uh, missed the weight. So I'm going to assume that it would be slightly higher, uh, harder for, uh, for Jillian to take her down. And uh, Priscilla's price is actually pretty, pretty good. So I think you can accommodate a lot, you know, of a favorite at the top and in the middle. So, I, uh, but overall, I think uh, I have Jillian here winning this fight, and I think she takes this one by decision. But it's a women's MMA, and the, you know it's very volatile, and anything can happen. So, uh, if you're on the DraftKings side, I think you should definitely consider playing both sides. Um, and yeah, as far as the fight outcome, I think J- Jillian Anderson takes this one by decision. All right, Joe. I know you have a hot take. Yeah. Let's, so there, let's there, hear look. it. It, it's not as much of a hot take as there, there's a little bit of narrative and there is an observation that everybody who watched who watches Jillian Robertson fight should be very aware of. So first, the narrative. One, um, if a fighter's going to miss weight, uh, I'll say it once and I'll say it again. I would rather have a fighter miss weight by four pounds than a quarter of a pound because that means at some point they just said, you know what, I'm forfeiting, you know, 20 to 30 percent of my purse. I'm just not going to try. I'm not going to kill myself. That seems to be what happened here with Cachoeira. Um, she looked pretty good, actually. I watched her both. Uh, I watched the regular and the ceremonial weigh-in. She looked pretty good. Um, the other part of the narrative is, uh, you know, Jillian Robinson, from what I heard, has not trained, has not been training at, at AT and ATT. Um, I don't know what the story is behind that. Um, the other observation, and that everybody should be, you know, should be knowing of, is that when things don't go Jillian Anderson's way, she gets really discouraged and really needs to be pushed and motivated by her coaches. And it's a bad look. So if she doesn't get those takedowns and if she doesn't get that control time, um, you know, she could get very discouraged. And we've seen, if nothing else, from Cachuera that she can take a beating um, and come back. I mean, you know, she has had bad moments in all of her fights and she still has come back and has won some of them. So if she can, you know, either be difficult to take down or ride out the storm, look, at 6.9K, the first lineup that I built when salaries dropped, and, and you know, we were lucky and salaries dropped on Saturday last week during the card, um, I built with Cachoeira in the lineup. It, it, it opens up so many possibilities. With that said, I think Jillian Robertson is going to be pretty low-owned. I know my buddy Brett Apley kind of, um, you know, on his Mayo Media Network, um, you know, pod kind of gave her out as, as a low owned, uh, GPP play. And I don't disagree. So I will have some shares of her, but you know, to, to Jeek's point, you should probably have a few shares of Cachoeira as well. I know it might be hard to swallow. She's a big underdog. Um, she always tends to give up, um, takedowns and lose rounds, but she always, she's like the, you know, the, the clock that keeps on ticking, right? It's hard to get her out of a fight. I mean, look at the beating she took from Val. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to pick as an upset in the first fight, Priscilla Catcher beating. Um, but I, look, I, I get it. If Jillian, Robinson's, Jillian Robertson wins and does what she's supposed to do, fine. But I'm going to take a stab with Cachoeira and play both sides in DraftKings. Yeah, I'm, uh, just to be clear, I'm on the Jillian side here. I, I, I do admit when things don't go her way, things are rough. And, you know, Priscilla keeps going. So I, too, as much as – I'll probably – I will be overweight to Jillian Robertson, but I will have some shares of, of Priscilla as well. Um, 
but I'll probably be. I'm thinking Jillian's going to come in in that 10 to 15 percent range. I'll I'll be healthily over that near near double probably because she'll be low owned and she can put up 110. Priscilla likes to get taken down, so uh, I'll have the hedge back as well. Next fight up, we have Randy Costa at 9,000 taking on Tony Ke- Tony. I refuse to wear a mask. Kelly at 7,200. Go ahead, chat. You can start talking all crazy now. Um, Odds on this fight, Randy Costa minus 170, Tony Kelly plus 150. I won't get into the backstory, but if you haven't seen it, just go to MMA Junkie. To- type in Tony Kelly. It- it's a little amusing. Uh, Joe, who you got? Um, <laughs> look, um, you know, the narrative here is really simple, right? You know, Costa is a four-minute fighter, right? And if he does not get Tony Kelly out early, I don't believe Tony Kelly has ever been knocked out, right? So there's that. Um, Costa is a prohibitive favorite. He's very highly priced on DraftKings. This is a pure GPP play. You should have some shares of of Costa simply because of that finishing potential. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't recall ever seeing someone look as good as he did against Yanez in the first round and fall off a literal cliff in the second round. I mean, we you got you got two examples. Adolfo Rivera and right. Leonardo Santos. Right. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Santos is pretty, but Santos <laughs> was just Santos gassed out. It looked like it looked like Costas just, I don't know if he got discouraged or what. I mean, it was really weird because usually when you're doing that well, I mean, you tend not to fade, right? But anyway, Tony Kelly's never been knocked out. Now I do have a little bit of narrative on this fight as well. There are rumors of a shoulder injury that Tony Kelly has. I don't know how that's going to affect things. I mean, I think if Kelly can get him down. There's a path to victory if Kelly can if Kelly can wear him down. There's a path to victory. Seven point two k is pretty attractive. Um, you could build some really nice lineups with with Kelly at seven point two k. So again, I know this is kind of kind of sound like a broken record, but this is a fight where you should have both sides. You should have the early finish by Costas, and you know maybe even live bet this. Like if Costas has a really good first round but doesn't pull put Kelly away, maybe look at putting some, a nice plus money wager down on Kelly through live betting, but on DraftKings, you know, have both sides of this fight. Yeah. Did you know that Randy, Randy Koss has never won a fight after it goes past two minutes and 15 seconds of the first round. Amazing. Right. <laughs> then, then he's never won a fight. That is and amazing. Then, and then he never gets out of the second round. So I, I'm on board with Joe here. I, I do like Costa Tajik, who you got. Uh, yeah, so I think it's in, uh, it's it's an interesting uh, it's it's an interesting match, um, and I agree with Joe that you should have kind of both sides here and consider playing both sides. Um, but yeah, so with Kelly, it's a little bit hard to play him because I was initially thinking about playing him like more extensively in my lineups, but uh, after doing a little bit of research, you know, I. I'm kind of uh, back down. I still have him. You know, I'm hedging this fight as well. And so for, for Costa, um, I think the KO upside, like Joe has said, is always there. So you may want to consider him in your lineups as well. I have him in uh, in my lineups. Uh, so I think it's another hedge of a fight for me. Uh, but I'll have a little bit more shares of Costa than I'm going to have of, of Kelly. Um, the problem with uh, with Costa, I think, is, is that uh, when he he either finishes or gets finished, right? So when we're trying to break down as to why it happens, is like there are two potential reasons. Why one is he doesn't have a good cardio, and another one, he cannot, it's an adrenaline dump, right? So he cannot control it, right? 
And so I think this fight is a great opportunity to find out what it actually is, because in his interview, he also mentioned that he should have managed his energy, you know, uh, his cardio a little bit better. So he thinks it's just a cardio. But if it becomes an issue of an adrenaline dump, this is something that is outside of his control. This is going to be very hard for him to manage. And it's a perfect opportunity to to find out. So I think this fight is intriguing uh, from the DraftKings perspective. Um... But uh, I think uh, Costa is going to take a little bit more measured approach and does not uh, is not going to go for a finish, and I think if uh, is going to go to a decision. So I'm going to have Costa here uh, as a prediction, and I think he takes this one by decision as well. All right, uh, we got two free fights before you guys got uh, the promo because I forgot to do it at the start. Um, thank you to our friends at Rotowire for hosting this. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Like, comment, subscribe to this podcast episode wherever you're watching and listening. YouTube, Friday nights on pay-per-view weeks, usually at 8, a little late this um, week. And then Rotowire MMA on iTunes. Back to the fights. Next up, one that here's where I think you can open up some salary, Joe. Ryan Hall, 8,900, taking on Derek Minner at 7,300. Line on this fight, Ryan Hall minus 195, Derek Minner plus 165. That line seems wide for a guy. Ryan Hall is going to do one thing, and I'm a fan of Ryan Hall. I get it. He's live against everybody, and Derek Minner is kind of a dum-dum sometimes. (laughs) So if he fights smart, though, I mean, Minner has enough grappling to you know stay out of trouble land strikes it's not you know what happened to hall in his last fight is what should happen more when he goes to these spots a leg lock legs locks leave you vulnerable to getting punched in the face in mma bjj you can't get punched in the face this is what should happen if minner plays the leg lock game with him hall will get a submission 8900 is a bit high for ryan hall so even if he gets one he might score 95 and not be on the optimal because there's some big scores coming on this card i like Derek minner to get the win though either keep this standing somehow get a finish i just i think this fight is if you know if the fight was aligned as a pick'em, i'd probably take ryan hall but at these odds i think minner's the value play especially on dk so give me derek minner to g who you got oh yeah it's an interesting yeah so ryan hall i think it's it's tough you know he's for him to cover his price is going to be difficult because yeah, uh, it would have to be something like uh, Miner takes him down and then he reverses him, uh, and then when he reverses him, he racks up a little bit of a control time and then gets the submission in the first round. Uh, it's it's tough. I think it would be tough, but at the same time, he's a good contrarian player, right? If you're trying to be different and take down this GPP solo, then then yeah, this it would something uh, you know Ryan is somebody you could uh, entertain. Uh, uh, Miner on another side is a pure GPP play. You know he's he's cheap. You know you can uh, accommodate more. You know uh, somebody at the top like Nunez uh, or others. So I think it's, he's an interesting play as well. He, you should definitely consider playing him in your lineups. Um, as far as the outcome, uh, I'm gonna pick Miner here. I think he takes this one by decision. Because uh, I'm thinking uh, in, in, in my head, the way it plays out is that, you know, Hall spends his time on the floor just trying to get the Miner into the ground game and he just stands and it becomes kind of a boring matchup uh, where it goes to a decision and the Miner wins minutes. So that's that's the way I see it playing out. Joe, who you got? Well, quick observation about our, one of our co-hosts here, uh, Tajik. Um, 
he has got that minimalist white background going. Um, he has been very generous in donating to different people's podcasts. Will someone send this guy a fight poster? So yeah, I haven't seen that much. <laughs> I haven't seen that much white since I attended a NASCAR event. Look, um, wow, you know, wow. So like like I like I like his background. Like there could be a horror movie going on behind there, you. It is, I know is. I know what's behind you because I've been to your house. Yeah, but it's it's a creepy setup that behind you. That is so brother. white. Tajik's background is so white. I'm wondering yeah, is but there's is no he serial inst- killer? Is, is he institutionalized? I mean, I really don't know. So anyway, Tajik, someone send this guy a fight poster or something. Come on. You send him one. Come on. Um, yeah, I, I have plenty. I'll send him one. So, okay, so this fight. Look, my, my I don't know if I want any of this fight. Like, you've got Derek Minner, who is a submission grappler, who loses by submission. Um, you got Ryan Hall, who, who's a one-trick pony. I mean, I think the winner of this fight could score 50 points. I don't even want to know what the floor is going to be on the loser. I really don't want much of this fight. Um, who's going to win? I don't know. Toss a coin. I suppose I would lean towards the dog i certainly don't want to pay up for hall i mean is minner going to be that stupid as to follow hall to the ground yes can, can hall outstrike minner if minner doesn't follow him to the ground i don't know mm. so i guess <laughs> if, if you want to pick give me give me minner but i honestly am not going to have a lot of this fight i mean i know we're down to 14 fights i mean down to 14 i mean i remember when we would have been happy with 12 we're down to 14 fights so there's got to be a fight that I'm not going to be very exposed to. And I suspect this is going to be it. Um, you're asking for a pick. Okay. I'll take, I'll take minor, but like, it just shows you how much I really thought about this fight. And, you know, by, by playing it, you know, the winner could score 50 points on DraftKings. Derek Minner's got a lot of activity, like wrong one. Um, He's he's too active, but then Hall is that weird. Eh, I guess it could be low scoring. I like Minner as a dog. He's one of the. I, he's one of the. I'm only picking a few dogs straight up, and he's one of them. So I'm gonna play him for that reason. Because everything goes the way I think it will. That I I want to be on. You know, I want to be on those dogs. Speaking of underdogs, I like and Joe. I know we're on the same page in this one. Okay, guys, if you don't like talking about New Jersey, just I don't know. Go take a dump, make a sandwich, because you're gonna get some. <laughs> Some Jersey love for for a minute here. Miranda Maverick, eighty four hundred, take on Aaron Blanchfield at seventy eight hundred. Um, Miranda Maverick, by the way, who was robbed last time out, like rough robbed. She's minus one forty. Blanchfield plus one twenty. I don't throw around robbed a lot, by the way, but now she gets Aaron Blanchfield. I think Miranda is going to be in the bounce two in a row here and be fighting for her job next time out because Blanchfield is as a prospect is the real deal joe feels not the same at all though right no. I've, been, I've been scouting this girl for so long i mean she i don't care what the judges say she beat tracy cortez when she was 19 years old let me repeat that beat tracy cortez when she was 19 years old when she was 21 she got her black belt right uh, she's a full-time college student here in, in New Jersey. Like, I would love to actually be one of her sponsors. I need to figure out how to do that. I'm very ignorant as to how that whole process works. But, like, I've been scouting this girl. I was so looking forward to her UFC debut. I really do think, you know, she's a future contender. Um, I love her at Dog Money. Um, I love her at 7.8K. I think she should be a core for your DK lineups. I talked her up so much. Um, let her last fight, she put up 120 something points. People didn't believe me. 
um, and she put up 120 something points. I am not saying that she's going to repeat that here. I also happen to like Maverick a lot. Maverick was another Invicta uh, fighter that I was scouting that I said the UFC should assign. So it's it's a little bit discouraging that you know two of my my prospects are fighting each other. But I really do like um, Blanchfield here. I think it's going to be a really tough test. Um, if you want to watch a really cool Aaron Blanchfield fight, watch the fight she won in Invicta by a head kick knockout. I mean, that was like just one of the coolest things I've seen in, in, in women's MMA. So, yeah, give me Blanchfield here, 7.8K. I like her as a dog betting. Um, I think it's going to be a very tough and competitive fight. But give me the 7.8K, and I could do something with the rest of my lineup having Blanchfield at 7.8K. You got to you gotta get us into this Blanchfield on the ground level of being a sponsor, because if you do it at the right time, I would think if we give her some money out of her bankrolls, you know, down the line, we get some pretty sick floor seats for a title fight. Oh, anyway, man, no. anything just, would be cool. That's, that's really selfish. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, I know. who you got? I, I like Erin, too. Uh, you know, great personality. I like the way how she evolves. Uh, with Sarah Alpar, I think she, she did well for her, for her debut, considering also how young she is. And I think she will be making, you know, this rapid improvements, you know, fight to fight. So we should definitely expect that. So uh, what gives me even more confidence is that she can finish fights either way. You know, she can either go by a KO or we're in a convincing fashion on the ground. Right or go to a lengthy decision, uh, and so that's that's something that she can do as well. So her path to victory is very is multiple, right? It's very divergent. So she can uh, uh, she can do anything she wants. The problem is here is that Miranda is actually a very worthy opponent, and she has a lot of strength. I'm not sure that Aaron can match that strength, and this is where I feel like the challenge comes in. Because uh, with Macy Barber, what the the problem uh, was with Maverick was a lot of clinching, but it was kind of like 50-50. It was back and forth, back and forth. I thought Maverick won, but it was close enough to give it to Barber. I wasn't like I thought it was robbery, but I was like it was like justified robbery. Like it was okay. Like I could accept that. Close my eyes, no problem. Um, and I think here it's going to be kind of like a same fight, like where, where it's going to be close, it's going to be tight. They're going to going, they're going to be going back and forth. And um, I have, I have shares. Uh, I do not have much shares of, if at all, of uh, Maverick, but I do have shares of Aaron. And I just, uh, but I, it, but I'm not heavy on her, on her. I don't actually prioritize this fight. Although I think her price, I think, is actually pretty good. So from the drafting perspective, I think she's she's uh, she's a viable play. Um, as far as the outcome, I think is going to be something like uh, Aaron Blanch Blanchfield by decision. I, I almost closed the whole stream. That would have been a freaking disaster. Wow, that would have been tough. Yeah. Whew. Anyway, next fight up. Andre Muniz, 8,500, taking on Eric Anders at 7,700. Line on this fight, Muniz is minus 160. Anders is plus 140. Um, my quick breakdown before Tajik goes is Muniz... Get the takedown, he'll get a submission. If he can't get the fight down, this fight's going to suck. Like, a lot of Eric Anders' fights tend to. I think Muniz will get it down. I flip-flopped on this one early in the week. I was actually picking Anders because I thought he would win a sloppy decision. The more I watch Muniz, the more I think he can get one takedown, and that's all he'll need. So, um, this fight does have the potential to be bad, though. Tajik, who you got? You know, uh... I, I know we see it and we see Muniz with uh, three wins uh, here, and I think these are very convincing wins, good wins. And then we see how, you know, hot and cold Eric Anders can be. I think here, though, um, 
one of the things that I'm going to do once I get off this spot is, is, is figure out a few lineups where I would put Eric Anders. Because uh, this fight actually has a potential to not, you know, a high uh, propensity of not going to a decision. So it's going to get finished. And uh, I'm thinking if um, if uh, Eric Anders like, stays on the feet, you know, he can cause a lot of problems. He can definitely co- cause Muniz a lot of problems. We have seen Muniz, you know, lo- losing the fights uh, um, by stoppage. He's been stopped in all of his losses. And so um, I think you if if you're playing this uh, f- fight, like if you're considering playing it, I think you should play it on both sides. So far, I have met a lot of like lineups with Muniz, but uh, I definitely should hedge a little bit too on the Eric side because... If Anders uh, takedowns doesn't go through, then then I think he will be in trouble. And uh, Anders has a high ceiling, so we should definitely consider him. Uh, as far as the pick, uh, I think Muniz takes this one, and I think uh, Muniz probably submits him. I don't know; if it's the first or second round, but I think he he will put him away. Joe, who you got? So every you know, I'm, I was actually I've been spending the time between my last pick trying to think of a good example of justifiable robbery. And I love that phrase that Tajik had. And I'm thinking justifiable robbery. That would be like maybe where knockout therapy takes all your money but doesn't unfollow you on Twitter, something like that. You know, like justifiable robbery. I love that, Tajik. Um, as it goes hey, into this fight. Chris, um, Chris or Alan, anybody at Rotowire watching, we need some kind of horn in the studio here. <laughs> So when Joe starts saying something ridiculous, we no, come on, man, justifiable robbery. Or, we all have or, great examples of justifiable at least, robbery. No, but that's not. We went off. That's a great had, example. You had to bring up knockout therapy. Come no, on, man. You know, or maybe, what, maybe she comps you to her fans only page. Like, okay. So anyway, let's 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 take a look. The at worst this part is that I don't even know what are you talking about. Oh but no! I, I, oh no! Uh, but okay. I think you. I know where. I think I know where you're going with this, but I <laughs> yeah. have no idea who we'll that is. educate you, Knockout therapy is very attractive. Blonde MMA fan who's on Twitter. She's a huge MMA fan. It's an um, it's an it's an easy pass for me. Okay, so um, <laughs> this fight. Um, seriously, getting back on track here, Sean. Um, okay, so look, I I like the camp change for Eric Anders, your boy. I like he he looked good coming out of fight ready. Um, maybe a little flat in the second Stewart fight, but. I'm going to go back to the well here with, with Eric Anders. I like him. I like him at dog money. Um, I like his salary. It seems like I'm picking more dogs than I initially thought. Um, look, I, I'm going to have some shares of Munoz in case he does get that takedown. But I really do think Anders is going to have a strength advantage in this fight. And again, um, he opens up some options at the upper end if you take him at his salary. So while I will have some shares, some shares of Munoz, I'm going to take Eric Anders here. Again, yet another dog. Can't believe it. Another another dog pick for you guys. All right, next fight up. We're going to take a look at Bruno Silva, 9,400, taken on Jordan Wright at 6,800. Bruno Silva is currently minus 365. The comeback on Jordan Wright is plus 280. I got to tell you guys, I came within... I don't even know what the swearing line is on the show. So I came within a ball hair of picking Jordan Wright. Like I came really, really close to picking him straight up. And it's a little bit because of just the type of fight that these guys are going to end up in. And it's a little bit because of Jordan Wright's style, which I think is good for him. He just, he's going to force a fight in a phone booth. 
That's just what's going to happen. And I think Bruno Silva will be willing to play that game. And from there, anything can happen. I think Silva is a little bit cleaner of a striker and will land something big and put him down. But this is one I want all kinds of exposure to in GPP. Um, I'm taking Silva. Here's, here's what the real issue is. I'm picking Bruno Silva. You have to make decisions up at the top range. You can't play everybody. And I got Amanda Nunes to play. I'm probably going to take Amanda over over Bruno Silva. But it's it's tight. And that's where your ownership's going to come down to. So uh, I can't say go all in this fight because I want you to play Amanda Nunes. And then if you put both of them in there, your lineups start getting real disgusting looking. So start making some choices. I prefer Nunes. Um, but I do think Silva wins this fight. And Jordan Wright, I've seen projected ownership around like 10%. That's insanity. Like have have it have yourself at least 20% Jordan Wright. Because if he wins, he's in the optimal. He's shaking your head, Joe, but I'll get to you in a second. But I think they're going to fight in a phone booth. And if Jordan Wright wins, he's definitely on the optimal. Unlike if Derek Minner wins, are we so sure he's on the optimal, Joe? No, I don't think so. Go look at Knockout Therapy's Twitter page. Get back to me later. Tajik, yeah. who you got? Yeah, you know, in the, in the end of the day, if we're trying to take down the main GPP, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who wins. The question here uh, is, is is whether you should pick this fight or not, uh, whether it has a high uh, a tendency to 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 go, uh, you know, to not go to a decision, which it does. And there was one favorite here. It's obvious. Uh, Bruno is an o- obvious play. He will be a staple in in most of the lineups. Uh, probably around 40-50% of, of the lineups, right? Uh, and so it's going to be hard to be different, uh, but he has to be there. You know, he has to be, you have to be on market with him at least. Uh, but you also have to be slightly higher, and I agree with you, Sniper, here is that you have to be slightly higher uh, on Jordan's side here as well. Because, uh, you know, it's a high volatility fight. I think it can go, it can go either way because... Wright showed that he can get KO'd, and he also shows that he can KO people. He can put people away who hasn't been KO'd in their careers, and he put them away. So um, I will have shares of both, but obviously I'm going to give preference to Silva here and to have more shares of him, and uh, I think he stops Jordan Wright here. Jordan Wright has never seen the judges' scorecards. 12-1, and one, no judges. I, I don't think it'll be, be the case here. And to be clear, Joe, before you slam me, I do think Silva wins. I think 10% right's insane. I think 10% is too high. Um, We have a guy here in Bruno Silva who fought shirtless in an outdoor arena in the Russian Caucasus in the middle of January. Is he going to lose to the Beverly Hills Ninja? Come on. Let's be real here. Come on. This is a guy who got smoked by by Fluffy Hernandez in, in, in the Ultimate Fighter, came back, got a couple of really soft fights, looked good. I mean, come on. I mean, a pillow could have KO'd Villanueva, short-notice fight replacement. Um, you know, come on here. Jordan Wright is not UFC quality. Look, he could go back to being a stuntman. He's got the Beverly Hills Ninja tag going for him. Not a bad-looking guy. Probably gets a fair amount of, of strange. I I have got to what go. What is happening tonight? I have got to go with Bruno Silva here today. This is, this is a, a great, great play at whatever his ownership is going to be. I honestly think 10% is too high. I'd say 5% maybe for, uh, you know, the Beverly Hills Ninja. There are, I, I'd rather, I'd rather go over on Cachoeira and Kelly than on Jordan Wright for ownership. 
make your stands. I agree to disagree, but as long as you're making stands down there, I get it. Yeah. We can't all we can't always agree. True that. Nice shirt. Um, next <laughs> fight up. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I'm proud of that one. Tied to Ivasa, 8300 taken on Augusto Sakai at 7900. By the way, I know that um. Paul Shaughnessy loves to do it. I will. I'm never making a shoey bet. Mm-mm. No, thank you. People are nasty. Well, I don't um, drink beer. I don't drink beer, so I don't know what I would pour into. I, I wouldn't drink anything out of out of a shoe because it, that's disgusting. Anyway, um, this fight's as right now on DK Sportsbook is basically a pick 'em. Ties minus one fifteen. Augusto is minus one o five. I'm on the tie to Ivasa side, but quite frankly. Here's the thing with this fight. Either either guy. I mean, I agree with the pick and mods. I just Ty is more likely to put up 125 and break the whole slate. Sakai probably going to do his decision. I think Ty's doing a better job at managing his gas tank. I don't think he's going to throw it all away as we've seen in the past. Um, more likely to get a big finish. I think Augusto could point him to death. Sure. Um, so close fight. Ty is both my pick and the much better DK play. Uh, who's up first for this one, guys? Hey. I totally lost my place. Joe. Yeah, so I actually agree with you, believe it or not. Um, I I agree that I don't know, I don't honestly know what to do with this fight, but I do agree that if Sakai wins, he's not gonna put up 125 points. If Duavasa wins, he has got the better chance to, to score of these two fighters. And for that reason, I will be over ownership um on, on Tuavasa um over over Sakai. I mean, again, I don't I don't think he's gonna win. I don't put the probability of him winning is that much higher because to your point, Sean, I think he could outpoint, um, you know, he could certainly outpoint to Avasa and win kind of a, you know, a boring decision. It's interesting. I've heard a few sharps that really like the over and you don't see too many overs in heavyweight fights, even at one and a half, but like a lot of people are playing over one and a half thinking that this could potentially go to a decision, you know, and both of these guys have gone to decisions before. So I'm with you there. Bam Bam um, is probably the better GPP play. Uh, I'm not sure how much Sakai I'm going to have. I'm, I'm probably, I don't know what ownership is going to be yet, but I'm probably going to be under ownership on Sakai and I'll be at or above ownership on Tuavasa. I'll pick Tuavasa for the win. Ajik, who you got? You're on mute, Tajik. Oh. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. So, yeah, so uh, I agree with what Joe uh, said here. Um, Tuivasa does have, you know, this this chaos, and it's it, it's it's uh, for the GPP purposes, it's, it's hard to ignore that, and I think you should definitely play him. And I think you should be also on market with uh, on level with uh, market, like with regards to Sakai as well. But I think Sakai's, Sakai's ownership is actually going to be low. Um, I just see this fight probably, you know, they will give it a lot of respect to each other and uh, it's going to go to some kind of a boring decision. Um, but if I have to pick a winner, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Sakai. I, I find him to be a little bit, you know, counterattacking style, a little bit more crisp, a little bit better boxing in my opinion. Uh, and um, I just... Um, yeah, for Tuivasa, my problem is that his last three KOs, although from the, they're attractive from the GPP perspective, they haven't given given me much in trying to understand whether he has gotten better. It didn't with his last three wins, especially against like Hans Sacker, whoever he beat, they, they doesn't give me anything new that I have not that I did not know about him. 
And that's the problem. So for, from the betting perspective, from the betting perspective, it's a stay away from me. Uh, I will have a few shares of Tuvas and I have a shares of a few shares of uh, what's, what's this guy's name? Um, Sakai. Sakai. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think Sakai takes this one by decision in most likelihood. Okay, next fight up. Moving on to Dominic Cruz, 8,100, taking on Pedro Munhos at 8,100. Uh, line on this fight is currently minus 120 for Munhos, plus 100 for Cruz. Um, I'm doing the old DFS tout, DFS MMA tout kind of cop out here. And that I'm actually picking Dominic Cruz to win, which I know is, I think a lot of people disagree with. Despite picking, I've seen everybody on Moonhos. I will say, while I'm picking Cruz to win, I'll have more exposure to Moonhos. He's the one more likely to land a submission or knockout with the heavy hands. He's more likely to win a GPP. And if fight's so close, I'm not playing Cruz in cash because he can win and score 60 and, and kill me. I tend to think that Cruz's elusiveness will be enough to kind of point Moonhos to death. Um, because, you know, I think Moonhos can be caught looking in a mirror and just, just a close fight that way. Kind of, you know, give him the vet less, even though Moonhos has been around plenty. Um, and, but that's not a confident pick. That's just how I see the fight. There's so many paths to victory for Munoz to put up a big number. He could get a takedown and a submission. He can land a heavy shot. Cruz is a million years old. Like, play more Pedro Munoz um, than Dominic Cruz, but Cruz is my pick. Tajik, who do you have? Yeah, I also like Munoz here. Uh, I will have a few shares uh, of Munoz, and I will uh, largely fade Cruz. I'm not interested in playing him extensively. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short. I like Munoz here. I just don't know to what extent he can score high. He has scored high in the past, but I think he's going to press the action. So maybe in that he will he, he scores more than expected. But uh, I think it's going to go to a decision. Um, very little play of Munoz. Um, I'm not playing Cruz. Uh, maybe a lineup or two the tops. And so that's that's all there is to it. And uh, yeah, I think Munoz takes this one probably by decision. Joe, who you got? By the way, actually, I, I can I can display this now. Of, of oh, I, gotta, I gotta flip it over to me real quick. Of course, the bad guy ink shirt. Nice. Chael is undefeated and undisputed, just like nice. me in t-shirt bets against Joe. Who you got? <laughs> yeah. So, um, who got higher on their SATs, uh, Daniel Cormier or Dominic Cruz? Um, I, By the way, that was hilarious. It was like, absolutely hilarious. Um, what I don't is people don't realize that was staged, which yeah. is Guys, it was funny. Guys, it, it was very funny. Him with Michael Bisping. In any case, um, you know, you know, Hughes has actually got a a cadaver's bone in his body. Like that, that is pretty, pretty, pretty high high tense there, right? Pretty, pretty uh, severe that he actually has a, a cadaver's bone in his body. Um, in any case, look, MMA math. We know it always works. It's right one hundred percent of the time. Common yeah. opponent, Cody Garbrandt. Um, you know, finished him. Uh, Cruz lost his title. Um, with that said, um, I, I am actually, you know, being sarcastic. Um, I, I actually like Minos here, but I'm not really sure how this fight is going to score. Honestly, if this is a stand-up affair for three rounds, um, for 15 minutes, you know, Cruz still has movement. Um, you know, I could see maybe Minos trying to work his leg kicks, but like, I don't know absent a finish in multiple takedowns if Munoz scores well 
And I think this is going to be a slate where you, where 10x is not going to do it. I mean, you know, getting 10x on a 8.1k fighter is not going to win you a GPP. So I don't see myself having a lot of exposure to this fight, but I do, I will pick Munoz to win and, you know, maybe just like, you know, have a wish and a prayer. Yeah. Um, by the way, I wrote so I wrote an article for DFS Army today on for Monkey Knife Fight uh, some picks, and there is the prop they have there for Pedro Munoz for strikes is ninety significant strikes. That seems real high. I, I, the pick there is the under because Cruz is elusive. Munoz probably needs to grapple, or we'll get a knock. Ninety strikes seems like a lot, not points, just strikes. So. For, for what it's worth there. Uh, to G, oh no, you uh, you went first for this fight. Yeah. So it is my turn. Um, we get on the headliner for the prelims. Josh Emmett at 8,800, taking on Dan Ige at 7,400. Um, line on this fight, should have done that. Emmett is minus 150, Ige is plus 130. Emmett coming off the long layoff, and I'm on the dog here in Dan Ige. Well, this is a really dangerous fight though. Um, Dan Ige is not a cash viable underdog that I'm picking because he could get smoked and put up 1.5 points. Um, but I like I like his activity. He's shown toughness. He can wrestle. He can hit hard too. Like Emmett, the fact that Emmett makes 135 is bananas. Or yeah, it, it, like 145. I said 35. The the fact that that regardless, Emmett should be a, a weight class up. He is massive. And I think if Ige can grapple by the second end of the second round, I think Emmett's going to have some real issues here. It's a matter of can Ige survive early? I think he does. I like the price. I think he's uh, obviously my, one of my top four dogs in the card. So for me, Dan Ige is the pick. Um, but have some Emmett in GPP because he can score 125. He's got stupid t- touch of death power. Uh, Joe, who you got? Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Emmett here. Um, Emmett is I knew a beast. It. Emmett is a beast. I love the way this guy fights. I've seen him fight live. He is a great fighter. Um, unfortunately, his career was cut, has been cut short by some injuries. Um, you know that Stevens fight was a travesty. Um, you know, illegal. I'm not going to go into details, but look, it was I, bad. Yeah, it was bad. But I, you know, look, Emmett has never disappointed me. Um, you know, I like him here. Look, Ige is tough and maybe too tough for his own good. The beating he took from Calvin Cater um, was life-changing. I also think he was, and I have this is very bitter for me because I had Edson Barbosa in 310 DraftKings lineups, and I am 100% certain he won that fight. I That is probably the decision that shocked me more than any other. Um, I don't know how he got that victory. I don't know what the judges were watching, but I had 310 lineups with uh, Edson Barbosa. I mean, sorry, 310 contests with Edson Barbosa in them, and uh, I was very disappointed there. So I like Josh Emmett here. Um, I think he, he either gets a finish or he puts a very severe beating on Ige. Look, Ige's live. I'll have shares of him. I don't see what he can do to get Emmett out of there. And I don't think he's going to be able to hurt Emmett. So I like Emmett here. I think I like him a fair amount. Um, I wish the the salaries were a little bit closer so I could play more of them, but um, give me Emmett here. Jake, who you got? Um, I think it's an interesting matchup, but uh, I'm going to fade this fight 
in a, in its in its entirety because uh, I have a sneaky suspicion it's going to be some kind of a split draw here. And the way it plays out in my head is that uh, Emmett, you know, knocks him down, knocks Ige down in the first, and then in the second and the third, uh, Ige wins the minutes. And then what happens? It's it's like ten eight, and then uh, nine ten and nine ten, and the one judge maybe gives it to Emmett, and it goes some kind of like and and two give it a draw, so some kind of a split draw. I actually bet the draw here in this fight. That's the bet that I made. <laughs> wow. Of all the fights that I see on the card, that's the one that it's a, like it's not much. I bet like hundred bucks or something. So that's 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 all I have to say. I think it goes, and uh, and that's 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 why I don't have any lineups of either of these fights, fighters. All right, it's on to the main card. Before that, just a quick reminder: go to rotowire.com/free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Like, comment, subscribe to the podcast um, on YouTube, Rotowire MMA. Actually, it's Rotowire MMA everywhere now. I just realized we, just, we changed the YouTube channel. So Rotowire MMA, make sure and do that. Um, make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Sunsu. Make sure you follow Tajik, who is the GOAT. I've been told over and over and over again. That's some good branding at going. It's Tajik, at Tajik Bay. <coughs> and I'm at Sniper underscore MMA. Not nearly as good branding, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, main card time, guys. Sean O'Malley, 9,100. Halligan Paiva, 7,100. A line on this fight. Um, O'Malley is minus 300. Paiva's plus 235. Look, I don't agree a lot with um, Dana White. <coughs> Not half the time, probably. His take on Sean O'Malley is right. Everyone wants to throw him to the wolves. You build the kid up. Like... He just lost to Marlon Vera. Maybe you give him a borderline top 15 guy next, but everybody calling for Sean O'Malley to get these big fights, like just cool down. You want to just, just spark out, uh, you know, this guy can headline fight nights. He better work on, I don't know how you grow leg muscles, but how you do that, get, get some kind of stability in your legs. Or you're going to have problems, but just pump the brakes on O'Malley. Howie and Pive is the guy, the type of guy he should be fighting right now. Let him entertain us. Remember, his wins, his big highlight wins, are over just the Walking Dead, Chris, Chris Mutino. He's got the win over Eddie Wineland. Like he, he doesn't have any great wins yet, and there's no need to rush him. So that's just. I mean, my take here, by the way, he he should spark out Piva again. Like it just should be what it is. I don't think much of Piva. I think. Um, Paiva had that good fight against was it Kaikara France? Is that is that who he had a yeah. Um that really close fight against Kaikara France in his debut where people thought he won and I think people have over elevated how good they think Paiva is um since then. Paiva's record, by the way, he's got three straight wins, but it's Mark De La Rosa, Jalagash Jamagulov, and um and Phillips. Like I'm not Sorry, I'm, I'm just not that impressed. If he wins this one, okay, I'll take you more uh, for real. But I'm on O'Malley here. Again, the problem with O'Malley, he's got to beat out Randy Costa. He's got to be, beat out Jillian. He's got to beat out Bruno Silva, Amanda Nunet. Like, there's a lot of killers up at 9K. Um, I'll mix him in plenty. I'm, I'm not going to say ignore him, but uh, I probably like him third most, third or fourth most in that range. Probably only rating Randy Costa below that, quite honestly. So, um, Tajik, who you got? Yeah, uh, I think it's an, it's going to be an interesting matchup, and I think it's 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 good uh, matchup for uh, GPP purposes. Uh, 
I don't understand how uh, O'Malley wins this fight. Uh, and I think... Uh, I, I don't know if Paiva, though, puts him away. I think there is a chance he's going to put him away. But uh, I think Paiva will methodically just pick him apart. And, uh, That's a hot take. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, see, the problem is that uh, in my head, it's not even hot take. Like, that's that's. I just I just feel like that Paiva is gonna dominate him so much and so often that that it's just in my in my head it's a normal play. So, wow. but you, but yeah, I'm gonna take Paiva here, and uh, yeah, I I think the O'Malley train will like hype train is gonna stop here, and yeah, that's all I have to say about this fight. Yikes. Wow. Well, and I actually, I actually did bet Paiva, by the way, just just to let you know. So well, that's, have to I, get you a signed Paiva poster if he wins this fight. I got, um, I gotta maybe up my Paiva exposure. Just, just I may need to as well. Not a lot. Got Paiva here. Um, just a little bit. So look, while I hope he lives a long and prosperous right life, the three words that are going to be on the tombstone of uh, Sukumatov are "stand him up." Um, oh, you know that was a a loss uh, waiting to happen. Um, all he had to do was ask uh, the referee to have uh, Sh- Sugar Sean um, stood up, um, and he uh, he did not for some odd reason. That is probably the worst fight IQ I've ever seen. Um, in any case, look, I've got O'Malley here. I think O'Malley will use his range. Um, I think he will um, out-volume Paiva significantly, um, you know, with respect to uh, Tajik. Um, I will now have some shares of Paiva. <laughs> Uh, I know Paiva is tough as they come, but I really do see either a, a three-round volume beatdown by O'Malley or um, a finish. So I'm picking O'Malley, um, our good friend, my good friend, Sean's good friend, uh, probably Tajik's good friend as well. You know, Brett Apley actually um, made, made O'Malley his cash play um, uh, on Mayo Media Network. So watch that video, by the way. It's great. Um, so I, that's not the reason why I liked them before I even saw the video. So give me O'Malley here. Um, and, um, if, uh, you know, Pavia wins, I'm going to have to get uh, Tajika signed Pavia poster for his bare white walls. Oh, jeez. All right. Next fight up. We got Cody Garbrandt, 8,700 taking on Kai Car France at 7,500, uh, line on this fight. Cody Garbrandt is... Where are we at here? Minus 130. Kaikar France plus 110. Um, I, I don't understand why this fight's so close. I, I have Cody Garbrandt here. Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. He's got better footwork. Yeah, Kai can kick. He's got more power. As long as Cody doesn't... The problem is... As long as Cody doesn't go full stupid, which he's done time after time after time after time it's it's ridiculous at this point but skill wise i mean garbrandt's the play i i don't i don't see how kai wins other than cody throwing it away so um that's my take on this one tajik who you got oh it's me dude are you me. i'm sorry yeah, i'm so- that's all right whoa he wants to jump all over this one no Whew. no actually you know what it is tajik it is tajik you're right no no actually no he, he picked pavia I'm, I'm all confused now because he picked pavia and i picked o'malley yeah it is me so look I look, I heard he's got a great recipe for lamb stew, but I really see Kai Collar France as a gatekeeper. I am not understanding these people picking him. I don't get it at all. I mean, you know, he, he got really fortunate. He's had some fights that um like I, I thought he lost that he that he won. Um he is a gatekeeper. 
That's what he is. He could have a nice career in the UFC, be that guy that tests those prospects out as they come up. But I am with you. I do not. And I'm, I'm, I was trying to see whether I was missing anything. I get the narrative. Look, I am Mr. Narrative. I understand the narrative around the weight cut. Did not look that bad to me on the scales. I have to say, he's going to hydrate up. He comes from a good camp in alpha male. They know what they're doing in rehydration technology. Um, he's a better striker. He's got better footwork. This is a guy who went who went the distance with Font. I mean, you're telling me a guy who went the distance with Font is not going to dominate Kai Kara France? I mean, come on, really. Look, check out his recipe for lamb stew. I'm sure it's great with some hot buttered sourdough. But, like, do not play Kai Kara France with any level of confidence. I'm not saying don't have him in a few lineups, but, like, am I missing something, Tajik? Are you going to tell me you like Kai Kara here, please? I hope he does. I really want him to. Tajik, who you got? Uh, yes, I will tell you that. I, ah! uh, yes! I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I because my it. head works, this, my, my thought process is identical to, to, to yours. It's just in the reverse. I, do, I don't understand <laughs> what I'm missing here. Uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's Joe, like... Yeah, Joe, you stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, the, there's no right or wrong here, right? Because the, the event, has, the, event the, the fight hasn't happened, and we, we, we cannot say that somebody was, is right or wrong because just the, the event... Either you or I are going to take down a no, big GPP. I think... <laughs> so somebody's winning something. <laughs> I think it's, 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 uh, I think it's, it's one of us. But, so the difference I see here is this. Um, uh, Kai, Kai Kara friend can uh put people away and he can be and he can be uh knocked down or he can be, he he can get wobbled right he got shattered a couple of times um and then cody can ko somebody like anybody in his class or higher but he can also get knocked out the difference here is that if kaikara kaikara friends gets knocked down in all likelihood he will get up but if Cody gets uh, knocked out uh, or knocked down, in all likelihood, you know, Kaikara will continue and will finish him. And that has happened throughout the career with Cody, right? And, and we, we've seen that before. I think even Munoz would like put him away, right? One one knockdown and then another one. That's what I'm talking about here. So um, that's the, they're, they're mere images of each other. Uh, but I think the only way that Cody can win this fight if that if he finds himself early in the trouble of being like tagged, that he takes Kaikara and tries to hold him down because his wrestling is still there. And if he believes his cardio holds, the only key to victory here for Cody, not the only, but the few, like a shorter path here would be in, in taking Kaikara down and trying to control him. And that's going to be my take. But my official take is Kaikara. I do have a good amount of share of Kaikara friends. Wow. And uh, I have very few of Cody, and I don't know if I have a lineup even with Cody. So that's wow. that's my take. It's another that, that is that's the goat bringing bringing the hotness. Bringing well, we the said fire. we're gonna set the floor on the fire, right? That's yeah, that's we are. Is is you know what, Chris? We don't need you anymore. We got we got yeah. Well, we got we got other hot takes. We got the man with the stark white walls. Is that Aku or is that eggshell or is that just pure white? Don't don't there. let Joe find out if you're under six foot because between six under being under six foot and bare walls, you'll never hear the end of it. Ah man, you know, Sorry. come on. Sure people, you know Randy Newman, right? Sure people got no reason to live. Um, go ahead, go for it. Wow, Santiago Ponzi W eighty two hundred, Jeff Neal eight thousand. Line on this fight is currently Neal is minus one ten. Now the favorite Ponzi 
Oh, sorry. Pick him. 110 apiece. Excuse me. Um, I'm on the Neal side. I think he's a little bit cleaner of a striker. I don't think the DUI, I, I think it's a bit. There's a guy that should have bought a PBA card, huh? Should have had a PBA oh, card. Christ. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So, anyway, close fight. I just, I think Neal's a little bit cleaner of a striker in a dog fight. I think he's a little tougher. I don't know. This also has the potential to be three rounds of striking, a fun fight that doesn't score well for DK. Nobody gets a finish. That's actually probably mo- the most likely outcome is they strike for three rounds. Neither guy gets a finish. Neither guy's in the optimal. Make me pick a fighter. I'll take Jeff Neal. Tajik, who you got? Poof. Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, uh, my uh, the way I think about it is that I realize that I have to have this fight just looking through the fact uh, that the... It, it, it is predicted not to go to a decision. Uh, but I cannot force myself for some reason to put uh, either of those guys in my lineups. It's very hard for me. I don't know why. Um, and there is some animosity, you know, with uh, with Ponzi saying that he, you know, he's going to put Neil away. I don't know how he does that because I don't think Neil has ever been stopped. And he, has, he packs uh, more power than Ponzi. So it's either going to be, if, if, if the fight gets stopped, I think in all likelihood it's going to be Ponzi who stopped, uh, uh, Neil who stops the fight and he stops Ponzi because Ponzi had been put away twice. And then if it goes to a decision, so it's a more volume-based outcome, then it's going to go to Ponzi. So I'm trying to, I'm questioning the long, uh, the logic that Santiago has here. And I'm very confused about this fight. You know, I'm having hard times like how this fight is going to go, to be honest with you. Um, so, so I largely faded this fight for the GPP purposes, although right now I'm starting to realize that I need to have more of it. And if I'm going to give have more of it, I think I'm likely, you know, if I have like five lineups where to make and I have to pick both of those fighters, I'm probably going to go something like three Neil and two Ponzi. That's, that's, that's it. And so my pick, um, I'm going to go with Neil. I, I think that he takes this one and I have, don't have a decision method here. Right. I mean, before we go on, I mean, Chris, you're better than this. You, you are, you. I asked you back from whatever you're doing, but come on. You, you doesn't he have a meeting? Doesn't he have a meeting with his elocutionist? I, I mean, We've, isn't that what he's got going on? Or, or is it a Manny Petty? I can't remember. It's one of the hey, two. Hey, don't don't knock the uh, the uh, Petty, sir. Don't, yeah, don't knock I think it's one of those two. Um, listen, but but Chris, you're way tougher than this. Come on, we we've, we've body slammed each other way harder. In this yeah, Chris, show. you got you got the disco stew look going in your in your profile pic. You got to change that. Um, my turn for a pick here. So I um. Truth be told, I earlier in the week I picked um, Ponzi for Rotowire in the early picks, but I think that Jeff Neal is a better DraftKings play. I think he actually has more upside for DraftKings. I don't know how much of this fight I'm going to have, but I will likely have more lineups with Neal just because I see a higher upside. Um, again, to Tajik's point, I don't know that you know Ponzi is going to finish him. Um, and if he doesn't finish him, I don't necessarily see this as a high-scoring fight. But I can see Neil actually finishing Ponzi. So I'll stick with my Ponzi pick to win the fight. But for DraftKings, I actually think it's it's a better – Neil is a better play. All right. Moving on to next fight. Ooh, look at that. Let's just do one of – oh, he's back. I was trying to find, find, find the remove button to give you a second of privacy. Where are we at? Oh, we're at the co-main event. 
Nice. We're, at, we're at the squash match. Amanda Nunes, 9,500. Juliana Payne at 6,500. Um, line on this fight is insane. Amanda Nunes is... What is it at now? Minus 1,000. Payne at plus 650. Um, I was talking to Joe, our, our friend Newsom, and he was saying if anyone's going to beat Nunes, it's going to be someone like Pena. You know, the grappling, like, and I said, yeah, maybe, but someone better than Pena is going to do that. Um, and which, which he laughed, you know, he, just, he was making the point is that at some point, I mean, Nunes is going to lose and she's going to be a minus 1,000 favorite. Um, yeah, Saturday's not the day. I, I don't, I don't see it. I guess we never see it coming when a minus 1,000 favorite loses. Uh, yeah, I, I right now, I'm going to tell you, I am planning on rostering north of 80% of Amanda Nunes. Um, and that is why my Bruno Silva ownership is going down, because I can't, you can't fit both, as, as I talked about earlier. So, and it makes for an interesting game theory play. I would say this, and this is, you could, if you're high on Bruno Silva, just we're talking just the game of DFS now. Don't I, I really don't want to build lineups with both of them in it. I would say pick one Silva or Nunez, go overweight to one and be way under to the other and just hope you're right. Give yourself more odds to win. Um just the way I, I would approach it. I don't it's hard for me to picture a scenario with a lineup with both of them wins unless some more Chris Curtis type shit happens, but I I, I guess who knows. Um I filled that time because the fight is that simple. Nunez, Nunez smash unless she trips on a banana peel or something dumb happens. Um, who's up first for this fight? I, I totally lost my train. I so. believe it's me. And, and I don't want to get yelled at again. So no, yeah, I believe it's me. Um, look, I, I, I think, you know, from an aesthetics perspective, I certainly like the Venezuelan Vixen. Um, but I think we got to go with uh, the goat here. I really don't see a path to victory for, um, you know, Pena, Pena. Um, I, I, she's, she's not better than, than Nunez anywhere. I mean, it's just, it's, it's true. I mean, I'm not saying anything that should surprise anyone. I mean, she's not going to out grapple her. She's not going to out strike her. She's not going to out jits her. She's not going to out wrestle her. She's not going to out control her. So she, think, she thinks she's going to out wrestle her. Yeah. Well, where does that leave her? Where does that leave her? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, so uh, I'm telling you what she thinks. I yeah, look, I, look, it's great to have confidence. It really is. Um, it's awesome to have confidence. I just don't see it happening. Um, I don't see it happening. So I, uh, what's there to say? I mean, you know, the, the only mystery is how and when in the fight is Nunez going to win and. You know, is she a lock for the optimal? I think that that is a better debate than the outcome of this fight. You know, is Nunez a lock for the optimal? And I don't know that she is. At her salary, you know, what if she gets a third-round finish? You know, um, is she a lock for the optimal? I don't know. That's what I'm going to have to figure out. That is what's going to dictate how much exposure I have to Nunez. Because I can honestly see... Um, somebody just like locking her in and putting them in, in every single lineup they play. And we've had cards before, like high scoring cards where you needed high six, low 700 to actually win a GPP. Um, I can see that happening on this card. If that's the case, Nunez at her salary might not be on the optimal. So that is my only advice. 
Like, if you think she's going to be on the optimal, go ahead and lock her in. But you should really caution what your ownership is going to be if you look at this card and feel that she will not be on the optimal. Um, and that gives you an opportunity to spread, and that might actually give you some leverage. So that's the only way I would look at this fight, not from a win-loss perspective, because I don't think even my boy Tajik could make a case for Pena here. Um, but I, I got Nunez all day. It's just figure out how you're going to play this fight on DraftKings. Who you got, Tajik? Yeah, I can make a case for Pena, but I will not do it. <laughs> uh uh-huh. <laughs> because there's no reason to. Uh, she's not Kaikara or Haulian Paiwa. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, what, what... <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what can I say? You know, uh, no, you, you just get Nunez, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, Joe poses a good question, though, right? She, there, there is, there is a possibility that she may not, and and uh, the way she may not, she may miss the. Main GPP, uh, uh, like the optimal lineup, is that if if you if you budget out, like if you took Silva, let's say at ninety four, and you capped at fifty thousand to a point where whoever winner is, he cannot he or she cannot accommodate uh, Nunez. That's that's the way that's the way she's out of the viable uh, of, of the optimal lineup. So if you're building that lineup where you think she's gonna be a miss, uh, just 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 price it in to a point where it's like. 50k and you just can't fit Nunez to be in the optimal. Does that make sense? That's 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 the way to position it if you're trying yep. to take down the main GPP without Nunez. So that's all it's going to be, but it's going to be hard because she's likely, you know, likely she's going to score crazy amount of points. So uh, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. And yeah, that's that's all I have to say about this fight. And uh, yeah, all right, main event time, guys. Dustin Poirier, 8600. The challenger is the favorite. Charles Oliveira, the champ, is the dog at 7,600. Line of the fight, Poirier minus 135. Now, Oliveira plus 115. Money has come in on Oliveira. Um, I'm on the diamond. Like, it's how is Oliveira going to get Dustin down? Um, no idea. No clue. And they're going to start striking. You know who I think is a lot tougher and hits harder is Dustin Poirier. Now, is Oliveira slick and have a chance? Sure. He's not He's not the worst dog in the card at all. If they go five rounds or there is a slip or somehow Oliveira you know, get, gets even not the most likely path to victory, but I could see Poirier knocking down Oliveira. He goes in for the finish and then he gets subbed down there. Like that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, more times than not, Dustin wins this fight, in my opinion. Um, he's the favorite. For a reason, um, he is my pick in this one. Uh, Tajik, your first main event pick here on Fight IQ. You have the underdog. Uh, who is an underdog? Chucky Olives. Oh, wow. Oliveira is an underdog. That's interesting. Uh, so he, uh, here, here's what I have to say about this fight, right? For, for um, I'm going to tell a little secret that... Uh, just for for your viewers, because how I'm going to uh, approach it, because uh, I, I'm going to be slightly under the market for both of the fighters, and the reason being is that I think if Oliveira goes early and goes hard, he's going to go for two and a half, maybe two rounds, and then Dustin takes over in the third. He may miss the volume, 
and he may end up winning this fight, whereas Oliveira will rack up a lot of points, but will not win this fight. Then strategically, you know, from the game theory perspective, majority of the lineup will miss it, like probably like 70%. And this is how you gain, you know, uh, that that's how you become, a con- con- that, that's the contrarian play. I'm actually going to do it, but I'm not going to do it in its entirety. I'm not the purist in that sense to completely ignore Oliveira or Dustin. But I'm going to be well under the market on both of them because if that prediction is correct, then up to 70, if not more, percent of the lineups are going to be doomed. And uh, it's it's improbable outcome, but it's also like at the same time, it's it's a possible outcome because we've seen vulnerabilities in Charles in the past where he fades, and that's what Dustin will be banking on. He will let... Uh, Oliveira punch himself out or guess himself out and then med- mentally give up and then we'll go after him. And if that happens, then a lot of lineups will fail. All right, Joe. Who you well, got? To, well, to quote a line from my favorite movie, Dodgeball, Cotton, that is a bold strategy. Um, I like it. Um, I'm going with uh, Diamond Dustin here. Um, we have seen, there is, I see the path to victory for both fighters, obviously. But I just think that that Dustin has got a better path. We've seen um, we've seen Oliveira rocked by by Gate by not by Gaethje, sorry, by Chandler. Um, I was on Oliveira in that fight, so the comeback really made me some money, which I was very happy about. Um, look, I love everything Dubronx has accomplished. The first UFC event I ever attended um, in uh, when I won the contest to sit with Frank Murr back in. What, 2015, I sat, you know, I, I watched Chuck, uh, Chucky fight. He missed weight in that fight. Um, that was a great card. That was also where uh, Valentina made her debut. Um, so I, I like Poirier here. I will have shares of, of Chucky here at 7.6K. I think there's some real value there. I think that this, the ownership is going to be high on both of these guys. So Tajik's strategy will certainly be unique, especially if he, Combines that with being overweight to, um, you know, to Paiva and 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 KKF. Um, so uh, I applaud that, and um, I am going to take Diamond Dustin and New. All right, guys. Uh, hot takes time. Chat. We only got a few minutes. Fire up some hot takes. Something unexpected to happen or DFS point. Anything like that. Fire away. Read a couple out. I mean, our entire show has been hot, hot takes. I know. I see. I don't. I don't have as hot a take as 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 Tajik has given, but I'm going to give you a parlay that I really like a lot. That I think is worthwhile playing and will will pay plus two seventy six has a high probability of hitting. So at plus two seventy six, that's about five to two. If you bet three hundred and sixty two dollars, you will win. Not not collect. You will win one thousand dollars. And this parlay is simply Bruno Silva wins by finish. That's any finish. Dustin Poirier wins by finish. That's any finish. And Amanda Nunez wins by any finish. So those three to win by finish is a plus 276 payoff. So I am betting $362 to return $1,362.88. So that is my 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 parlay. It's not a super hot take, but I, I really like it, and I think it'll make you money. 
Yeah, and I didn't say something, Joe. Like I, the the, the prediction wise, I I think Oliveira actually stops uh, Dustin. I didn't say that, right? I said that I'm, I'm gonna fade this. Way. Like I gave the kind of the ah. sort of path the way the fight is gonna play it out from the DFS perspective, right? But from the outcome perspective, I think that's what's going to happen. I think uh, Oliveira is going to dominate him, take him down, pound him out, and eventually submit him. Well, you should be overweight, to Oliveira. You should be that overweight. That is one of three hot takes that you got from the goat. I mean, what's gonna, what's going to be your official end of show hot take, Tajik? A hot take? Just take take Iggy Emmett by by draw, uh, plus five thousand. That's, uh, that's, that's easy to, money. I might have to play that. That's an easy money. That is. That and it is. You said that's fifty to one. Yeah, all, all draws three. They're either like fifty to one. 50 by the way, I'm not a tout for DraftKings, especially after they stiffed me on Madison Square Garden uh, event, and they're probably not going to send me a birthday cake either. But um. They are giving two 25% profit boosts for um, uh, they're, they're, they're limited, Joe. Like, yeah, I, I, $50. You, you can only bet $50. Yeah. That's but what still, we... it's still, it's free money. It's extra money. It's extra money. I'll take it. I always take extra money. Um, I gotta, so, I like I said, I am not a shill for them after they stiffed me on, on MSG. And I saw someone got a birthday cake from DraftKings. I'm wondering if mine's going to yeah. show up. Uh, my birthday's <laughs> next week, so... I'm curious to see if I get a cake that shows up at my house. Um, so anyway, so stuff. I'm I'm gonna have a really really specific hot take. Bruno Silva scores over a hundred, not on the optimal. Wow, I think, Amanda, I think Amanda Nunes is gonna score 125, and just there's not gonna be enough salary for Bruno to get there too. Wow. Um, let's see. Uh, Liam is just firing away three different hot takes. Um. I don't know if Mooney's sub one is that hot, but it's there. Oliveira sub two. I don't that's think that's good. hot. I, I, yeah, it's, it's a decent pick, but that's not a hot take to me. Of the ones he sent, here's his hot take. Liam, you had it right the first time. Tony Kelly sub round three. Wow. That's a hot take. That that's is a hot take. That's where I want to live. <laughs> and you know what? And that's Randy Costa fading. It's not, it's not unreasonable. And shout out to uh, Liam. Uh, check out his channel, uh, Liam Picks Fights. I mean, amazing one. Like, I lo- love being on his show. I love his content. And give him a follow, too, if you're watching. Oh, great. I got I to check it out. It really good. There you go, Liam. I, I have one of my brother's names. Oh, by the way, Nan pointed out earlier, our good friend Nan, that Tony Kelly actually drove to Vegas because he didn't want to have to wear a mask on the flight. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine? That's what I... That's what I was getting at earlier, Joe. Uh, you you got to go read that story. Okay. I know we got to get out of here by 10. Everybody in chat, thank you. Like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. Rotowire.com slash free. Thank you to Rotowire. Thank you to Joe. Thank you to the GOAT, Tajik. Happy to have you guys. Good luck in those contests. We'll see you next time. Yeah, wait. Brett Appley and I are going to do a special year-end creating alpha. Uh, follow us on Twitter for that. Just just shoving in other plugs on the Rotowire show. How dare you, sir? Come on. How did you take it out of my pay? Yeah, and go right now if you're watching this spot right now. We're just starting at 10 p.m. right now with uh, Lambo Place where you can, you know, uh, see if you can get the Lambos. We're going to get our very, very hot takes on the show with Narco Cop. So that's next coming up. Narco Cop. You see, that's who should have pulled over Neil. Either Narco Cop or Mike Mad. They might have cut him a break. (laughs) That's you where uh, Tajis had bet a thousand dollars on the draw. Yeah, so if Mike, if Mike, or, if Mad Mike or Narco Cop pulled over Neil, <laughs> they might have gotten, they might have gotten off. You might not be reading about him right now. Oh, wait, okay. we got one more before we get out of here. 
Because Chris jumped Ooh, in. Ooh, Nunes by sub plus 425? Well, that's pretty good, actually. That doesn't sound right, though. That's but I think she will... But I think she will try to p- pound her out. Let me confirm that because I, I want to make sure that Chris it's... is actually not at a a marijuana convention right now. Well, I don't want to. You guys, look it up on your own. Tajik's got to go. Guys, All take right. care. Thank See you, you guys. Time. Thank take you. Care, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.